You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We, we started this journey of looking at, um, at what we need, everyday essentials, in this kind of time of, uh, of difficulty, of challenge. I, I think each one of us are being challenged in different fronts. Uh, last week I talked about my, my challenge of trying to find eggs. And you know, so many of you posted things to me, or you emailed me, or messaged me, or called me, telling me where I could find eggs. And you know what? I appreciate that. Um, I have got eggs to my heart's skin. This morning I had two eggs before I came here. So I, I just want to thank you. Uh, I found eggs and you guys have kept me well informed now of where eggs could be found. So no longer is there a problem here. Now, however, in a more serious note, we are all facing some challenges. And uh, last week we started by looking at uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. And uh, it says this, it says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And uh, so we, we looked at this, this kind of the tail end of this passage of Scripture where it says, give thanks in all circumstances. So I, I gave a challenge to you to, to take time every day to, to just think or to vocalize some things you're thankful for. And so we've tried to do this as a family, and we've come up with some really interesting answers of what we're thankful for. Um, and sometimes they were repetitive from day to day, but it has been a great exercise to the church. So, or, sorry, as a family, we've been doing it. Uh, and I encourage you to not just let that stop from last week, but continue when you start to go down that road of being negative or, or looking at what you don't have to start giving thanks again. Give thanks again for what it is God is doing in your life and, and what provisions he has. Uh, we, we look at this, when we, we give thanks, we, we, it lifts our spirit, it changes the outlook, and it fosters content in our lives. Uh, this morning we're going to look at the, the second essentials, the second kind of part of the essential things that we need to, to go through this time. So not, not only do we survive the time, but we can find life and vibrancy in this time that we go through. And it's found in the same passage that we just looked at. So back in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, uh, we have that passage where in the middle of it, it says, pray continually. So rejoice always, pray continually. Now, you think, pray continually. How do we do that? What does that look like? Well, we're going to kind of get into it in a moment. Uh, before I get into the, the, the brunt of the message, I I was reminded of a time 17 years ago, roughly 17 years ago, and forgive me for anyone who's heard this story before. It's kind of funny once you start saying stories to the church, you don't know which ones you've told and which ones you haven't. So if you heard it before, just smile. All right. I was in Ukraine, and uh, this was going back a number of years ago, 17 years ago, or at least somewhere in there. And uh, I was uh, with some, a couple other people, and we were out doing some street evangelism in Kiev. And uh, I had an early flight the next day, and so I, I wanted to get back to where I was staying that evening and not stay out as late as everyone else. And so I talked to the organizers at, uh, who were Ukrainian, and they said, oh, we'll, we'll get you a lift back to the, to the, the place that you were staying, uh, which is just, was just a kind of a house in the middle of Kiev somewhere. And uh, so they flagged down a car, just a car, off the street. And I wasn't fully 
cluing into what was going on at this point. Um, but the, the car came, and the guy kind of leaned over and, and explained in Russian or Ukrainian uh, what what address I needed to go to, and asked, I think, if the guy knew where that was, and the guy nodded, and so he he said, okay, it's fine, this guy will take you there, and so he handed him a little bit of cash um, to the driver, and I got in the car, and we started driving, and it's kind of funny, those one of those moments when the penny drops, and you realize you're in a car, and you kind of look around the car, and you realize this actually isn't a taxi, and this person, we don't know who he is, I'm sitting beside and uh, then the penny drops a little bit more, and I realize, actually, I, I don't have a mobile phone with me. I don't have my wallet. I don't have um, my passport. I only have my body and my clothes. That's it. I don't have a contact number. I don't have an address. I have nothing but myself in this car with this complete stranger who's not even a taxi driver. Now... I thought, okay, it's okay. This guy says he knew, you know, it seemed like he knew where he was going. So we started driving. We're driving for about a half hour and we start driving around Kiev. And, uh, if you've been to Kiev, especially in the residential area, there's these big tower blocks of flats and they all kind of look the same. They all look the same. And so we start driving around and driving around. And now he's starting to ask me if I know where I'm going or where the address is. Does this look familiar? He's kind of trying to use like, uh, charades, trying to tell me what he's trying to communicate. And I'm starting to realize I've got a problem here. I'm with a complete stranger. He doesn't know where he's going, and I don't know where I'm meant to be. What do you do? Uh, it's a bit of a challenge. And uh, I remember in that moment hitting that panic button in my heart, thinking of all the what-if scenarios that could possibly happen at this moment, because he doesn't know where he's meant to go, and I don't know where he's meant to go. I don't, I don't even know what looks familiar, because everything looks the same. He starts stopping and asking people if they know the directions. People, you know, they can, you can tell that they don't know where he's supposed to go either. And something starts to happen in me, and I, I begin to pray. It's funny how when all else fails, and you realize I am in a very helpless situation right now, prayer becomes quite natural. It's like it's an instinct. You're like, oh God, God, you really need to help me right now because if I don't, if I don't find the place where I'm to stay, actually, I don't know, I don't even know where I'm meant to be. Uh, I don't have my passport. I don't have a telephone numbers. I don't have anything. That moment, in some ways, is not too dissimilar to the moment we're facing right now. Where suddenly, all that you would have trusted in and been reliant upon and, and kind of have control of, when suddenly those things are stripped away from you, you realize you're quite vulnerable. You realize, actually, I'm not in full control. And that was my moment in that taxi cab. I realized, actually, I'm not in full control of this situation, and, and I need to trust God. I need to call out to him because he's the only one that can work this out. Now, I will tell the end of the story, lest you're wondering what happened to me. Well, I'm here, so obviously I lived. Yeah, that's right. I lived through it to tell the tale. The guy did find the place I was meant to stay after a long drive through the night. No, it was he found it eventually. And I got out of the car just thanking God that he got me through that moment. In these kind of moments, we we have... A tendency, I think in the moments that we're living today, we have a tendency to panic. Or we have a tendency to fear or to 
become worried because all that we become familiar with is somehow removed or is shaken. And, and, and we're in this place of being unsteady. Now, on the, a few weeks ago, I talked about when we build our lives upon Jesus, this rock, you know, we, we don't need to fear. We don't, and that's very true. It, it, it's the facts. Yet our, in ourselves, in our humanness, we, we look at circumstances and, and fear and worry tend to cloud all of that and tend to seep into our, our minds and our thoughts. And it, you only have to watch the evening news and how many people are passing away in this and, and the, the, the dangers that are there right now. And it, it's, it's, it, we have to fight that, that tendency to be drawn into the fear that that can produce in us. And so when we look at this passage and it says, pray continually, there's a purpose for that. There's a reason that we're called to pray continually. No, not just when crisis hits. Can I just encourage this? All what I'm about to say is not just when a crisis happens, this is what we do. It is really to be something that we do all the time. We pray continually, which means continually, which is all the time. Yeah, I know you got the point. So the prayer that we pray leads to a few things. And, and I think when God says, look, I want you, uh, my, my will for you is for you to continue to pray there's some things that will happen in us as a result. And this is ultimately, it's for our good that we pray. And so the first one is that when we pray, it leads us to a place of peace. Uh, this is something that the world can't offer us. Uh, the situations around us can't offer us. Uh, just positive thinking can't necessarily offer us. But what we read in Philippians 4, 6-7, some of you might be familiar with this passage. It says, do not be anxious about anything. This passage will come up on the screen uh, in a moment. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which is the next passage, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow! And the peace of God will transcend, uh, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. Don't be anxious about anything. You know, well, how can I not be anxious right now? How can I actually, in, in the situation I'm facing, not be anxious about anything? Well, here it is. In every situation. Are you in a situation right now? Well, of course you are. So this is the situation. In every situation. By presenting your request to God with thanksgiving. That's what we looked at last week. With thanksgiving, with what God's going to do, we present our requests to God. We say, okay, God, look, this is what I'm facing. This is These are the things I'm struggling with. So right now, the stuff that's inside of me, the, the things I'm worried about, the things I'm anxious about, the things I care about, I'm presenting all these things before you. I'm going to give them to you because actually for you and I, we try to hold on to something that we can't control anyways. We can't see the outcome ourselves anyways. And so we're trying to work through it in our own strength. And we're trying to, we're trying to just work through all on a daily basis something that we can't control. And God says, look, if you just give it to me, if you just present this stuff to me, if you just invite me to be part of what you are concerned about, I will do something for you. You'll, you'll make a great exchange. So in some ways, it's, it's trying to carry a weight that we can't bear. It's this weight of, of concern and worry that's, it's like this huge weight that we're, we're, we're buried 
under with or we're, we're, we're burdened by. And God said, look, I want to make an exchange with you. And so today, God says, I, I want to make an exchange with you. You take this heavy load that's, that you're carrying on one side and, and you're, 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 you can't lift it anyways because it's beyond you. You can't stop coronavirus in your own strength. You, you can't protect all your family in your own strength. You can't meet all your needs in your own strength. You, you can't do all of this in your own strength. So it's beyond you anyway. It's just like this big boulder of a weight that you can't lift anyways. And God says, look, if you just invite me, I will lift it for you. And I will do what needs to be done according to my perfect will. I'll, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. And I will give you something different. I, I will make this exchange. And so he says, look, I, you give me the, 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 this big boulder of a weight and I will give you my peace. I'll give you something that goes beyond understanding, goes beyond what you can comprehend. I'll give it to you. And actually this light weight, this, this yoke that's easy that Jesus talks about, I, I will give that to you and I'll do the heavy lifting and I'll work out the, the circumstance to be for, for your good, for, for the very best that could happen if you just trust me with it and present it to me, but I'll give you my peace instead. You, you choose. You either worry over something you can't control or you live today in this place of peace. Now, come on. It doesn't seem like much of an option. If you could choose right now to be in a place of peace in your heart or a place of turmoil, what would you choose? Of course, it's this peace that is supernatural. It isn't based upon the circumstances, but it's based upon God and His Word and upon what He says He will do and upon His Spirit that works inside of us. Bring all your anxieties and fears. Make the great exchange. 1 Peter 5, 7, which is another passage of Scripture, it, it puts it another way. And it'll come up on the screen. It says, cast all your cares, all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Cast all of them. And so when we look at that, it's not just kind of holding on to it, but it actually is throwing them to Jesus. It's saying, okay, God, look, I'm going to give it all. Why? Jesus said, why? Why do it? Because I care for you. And actually, I've got a plan that's, that's it's good for you. It's, I'll help you through it. It's, it's something that's positive in the circumstance. But cast it. Give all of them to me. And so we see the first thing. We pray continually. Why? Because God wants to give us peace. He wants to help us. And whether you're a believer or you're not a believer at this moment, can I say, God said, I want to give you a perfect peace. I want to help you through this storm. I want to, I want to put something, a rest in your mind, in your hearts that goes beyond understanding if you trust me with the things that you're worried about. I think watching the evening news at night, every night, and you say, oh God, just, I give this to you again. I can't control it. We present a request. We pray for the NHS. We pray for those in leadership. We pray for those around us. We bring all those things. But at the end of the day, when I go to bed at night, I can't, I can't carry it. You can't carry it. But God can carry it. This God of the universe who holds the world in His hands. Is He not able to work in these circumstances? Of course He is. The second prayer, though, as we bring our requests before Him, He invites us to wisdom and direction and understanding. You, you see, we, we hit these moments when we have made our plans for the future. I don't know about you, but you know, we have plans for the summer. We, we were planning to do this and do that. And 
uh, go on this holiday and uh, purchase this. And suddenly, all of those things are taken away from you in a moment. All the plans that you thought, I mean, even three or four weeks ago, I had plans for the end of the month, and, and all those plans I had made suddenly are changed. But what do we do when we don't know what the future holds? What happens when we're facing something of uncertainty? You see, we have the fear of the situation that's going on right now in the world and how that could impact us. But we also have the fear of what is next. We have an uncertainty of what do I do with my life? What happens if I've lost my job right now? What happens if my security of, of what I thought was going to be uh, around the corner is no longer there or no longer possible? What do I do next? You see, that's the other thing that can keep us up at night, is not knowing what tomorrow holds. We, we, are, are, we, we struggle with that, under, that, that lack of clarity. Now, often our pride or our self-sufficiency leads us to making our own judgments, but that leads us to a place of mistake or finding the cul-de-sacs of life. And, and maybe actually you've been heading down a path that you thought was fantastic, it was great, happy days, all things are going well, and suddenly you realize in this moment these roads don't lead to the destination you thought they were going to. They certainly aren't the security you thought they had. We try to navigate it even though we don't know what tomorrow brings. And that's the funny thing about life. We make decisions based upon our past and we think that we project in what our future is going to be based upon what we've experienced thus far. And so we can build a certain confidence that if I do this, 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 this will be the outcome tomorrow. But the problem is we don't know what tomorrow holds. There is only one that knows what tomorrow holds, and that's God. And if God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, if He is the, the Bible says, the Alpha and Omega, which means He's the beginning and the end. He looks at time, not as we're going through it, but He looks at time from a different vantage point. He is just as much in tomorrow as He's into today. And so He says, look, if you will bring your, if you will present your request, if you will uh, seek me, then actually I, what I will do is I will give you wisdom. Uh, we have this in, in James 1, 5. And it says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. How do we ask God? We pray, right? That's how we ask God. We pray. Who gives generously. He, he wants to help us with wisdom at this moment to all, to all. If all kind of includes me and includes you and includes everyone, if you want wisdom, ask. He will give to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. You know, it's not a weakness to ask for help and to ask for wisdom. You know, I think that's one of the biggest challenges when I was raised, when we were raising the kids when they were little and they wanted to do things on their own, like feed themselves, right? And parents, if you've had little guys and they're trying to learn to feed themselves, uh, you know, it's like the spoon is going everywhere but in their mouth and it's so frustrating. It's like, let, let's let me do it for you. Uh, but they're, they're wanting to learn. They're wanting to do it on their own. They don't want, they don't, they'll do it their way. They want to, they want to learn. I remember both of our kids, different things in their growing up years. They just wanted to do it on their own. They make a complete mess of it, but they want to do it on their own because they don't want to ask for help. I've also done some stupid things in life because I didn't want to ask for help. Do you know what? It is wisdom to ask for help. And, and God encourages us, you know what? You don't know what's going to come around the corner, so ask for help. Do you lack direction? You don't know what the future holds? God says, look, trust me. Ask me to give you wisdom. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light 
on my path. Uh, we, we have this, you know, this, this word that when God speaks, the path in front of us suddenly becomes illuminated and we know what next step we should take. And so right now you might be in a position where you've lost your job and you don't know what, what is around the corner. What do I need to do? So, okay, God says, look, ask, ask, bring it before me. Continue in prayer. Say, okay, God, I need your, your wisdom. I need your help. What step should I take? And I guarantee you, as you put your trust in God, God says He will make that path in front of you illuminated. You'll see it. You, you can, you can understand that maybe it's not the whole step, but it's just maybe one step. You know, okay, after this, I need to do that. It becomes a clarity. Maybe right now you need to make a decision about the future. God says, look, invite me into it because I know what the future holds. I, I want to give you direction. I, I, I want you to, help you not just live your life from mistake to mistake, but actually that you can live your life with a, a certainty and a clarity of knowing what tomorrow brings. Because I'm there and I have a plan for you. And I know how to get you to that plan. I know how to, to live out that plan in your life. God knows the way. And prayer invites the input. We must be willing to take on board what God says, though. And I think that's the challenge is that we can ask the prayer, but if we still want to do it our way, I, I don't think it's to our advantage. You know, the great song, I did it my way. You know, one of a com very common song that is played at funerals. You know, it isn't to our credit to say I did it my way and made a mess of it. L let's do it God's way and, and see God's plans, his good plans he has for us lived out. And right now, God has a good plan for your life. But he says, look, Pray continually. Bring it before me. Trust me in this. Ask. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you direction. But you need to involve me in the process right now. Don't just be scheming in your own heads, but invite me in and let me be Lord at this moment. The last thing I want to share in this understanding of praying continually is the understanding that prayer fosters relationship. And that prayer is, is something that... Uh, is a communication with God. And, and I've discovered that one of our greatest uh, needs, and especially uh, during this time that we've discovered, uh, is this need for a relationship with one another. And when we're in isolation, I, it's amazing how quickly you, you need that interaction with people. We, we've been created to have relationship. And prayer is this, this connection we have with God because more than our more than our relationship with one another, we were created first and foremost for a relationship with God. He He invited us to 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 know Him, to understand His heart, and and when we walk in a relationship with God, the fullness of our life and and the the uh, uh, the our lives in its fullness it becomes complete. We we realize actually this is why I'm created. This is what I'm here for, and so prayer is is is. Uh, presenting our requests before God. It's, it's sharing our needs and the things that we're going through, but it's not a monologue. God never intended prayer just to be this thing that we write out on a list or we, we go through a, a list with, with God, but He, He wants it to be a dialogue where we have this relationship that begins to grow and develop. We think of the words pray continually. What, what does that look like? You know, I'm married to a beautiful woman, Donna. And uh, if we're just told, uh, if I was to say, uh, look, um, you know, relationship, we, you need to talk continually. 
You need to talk continually in a relationship. Well, that's fantastic for one person, but the other person is really going to struggle. Uh, because if, if a marriage is all about one person going da 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 all the time, all the time, you just one way, uh, you're just going to talk, 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 give the request, give the request, give the request. Uh, it's a bit tiresome, isn't it, as a relationship, even for both, to be honest. That's not much of a relationship. But an intimate relationship is a, a relationship that becomes dynamic where there's talking, there's listening, there's sharing, there's understanding. And as the relationship of the talking and sharing together deepens, the intimacy in that relationship grows. And that's a beautiful thing. And prayer, when, when, when we're encouraged to pray continually, God is looking it to go beyond just the shopping list approach. Although He tells us and encourages us to present our requests, the things that are bothering us, to bring them before the Lord. But He's wanting to take it deeper than that. He, he's wanting for you and I to know His heart. Actually, even in this moment, to have an understanding of His thoughts and what He thinks of us and the plans He has for us and what He's wanting to say to you today. He wants to communicate that. And so this prayer continually is this invitation to know Him. In the crisis, to know His presence, to know His nearness. As we listen to His voice, as we talk, we listen, and there's this dialogue we have with God. James 4.8 says, Come near to God and He will come near to you. What a beautiful promise. If we draw near to Him, He will come near to us. If we press in in prayer, He will, he will respond. God desires that you would know Him more. And even through this time, that we would come out of this, this, this crisis as a, as a world knowing Him more. Now, knowing Him more is only going to come if we allow the other side of the equation of listening, of responding when He speaks, of, of being open to His voice. Now that the busyness of life has, has maybe slowed down, maybe all that commuting to diff- your workplaces or uh, the busyness of kids' schedules and all that, maybe all those things have stopped and you've suddenly got space in your life that you never had before. God wants to fill that space. He, he wants to commune with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. This God of the universe wants to have connection with you. To understand the reason for your living, even today, His thoughts He has for you. To get to know Him more. Fostering this relationship, though, starts with understanding how to connect with Him. And, and up to this point, I've, I've talked about, we, we, we cast our cares and we, we, we give our concerns for the future, all those things we, we, we bring to the Lord, but there's a connection that we need to have. And in this age of technology, if I want to call my wife on the mobile phone, I need to know her number, don't I? Uh, I, I need to know the way to call her. And so I, I know her number, although I don't know it to memory, To be, I'm really sorry. It's all saved on my phone as Donna. So I hit Donna, and it, it magically actually just rings her phone. Um, if I want to call a different number and expect Donna to pick up, I've got a problem. And, and we would think, well, of course, you need Donna's number to, to get Donna. The funny thing is in this life is that we try to communicate with God without going through the way that He's presented. So if we want to communicate with God, He says, look, there's one way to do this, and that's through Jesus. If you want to have this relationship, there's one way, and it's through Jesus. You can try to go at it from different angles, 
But in the same way, it would be madness for me to keep calling different numbers and hoping Donna picks up when there's one number to Donna's mobile. You know, there's one way in which we can access the presence of God, that we can access this relationship, and that is through Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus, we're, we're celebrating Easter this coming week, and Jesus came so this connection could be made because there was an interruption in the connection when man chose to sin, and, and sin brought this gap. The phone was disconnected, as it were. And this relationship of dialogue we had with God was suddenly broken because sin became the barrier. Jesus came and he, he died on the cross and, and in this death and resurrection, he, he reconnected the phone line, as it were. He, he, he made that connection complete. So if we go through Jesus, we suddenly have access to the Father. We, we have access to God and, and this dialogue that God wants us to have with Him is now possible because Jesus has made a way for it. And in fact, God says, look, you can come boldly before me. You can, you can come into my presence through Jesus. You can ring me anytime you want through Jesus. And you'll have access to me. And, and you'll hear my heart. And we can have this relationship. And so for us, the challenge, and if you're watching this morning and you've never taken that step, you know, it's a very simple step, actually. It's recognizing the sin in my life is the disconnection. And it's the things that this holy God is... It's the sin that separates me from Him. But Jesus paid this price, and all I need to do is put my faith in Jesus. Put my trust in Him. Ask Him to forgive all my sin. And in that process, the Bible says His Spirit comes and dwells in me. And so it's like the, the connection is made complete again. And, and from that point onwards, at the point of me saying, God, have your way in my life. I give my life to you. I have connection. And this relationship can now begin. And so I can present my requests. I can, I can share my concerns for the future. But I can also begin to listen to what he's saying. And my relationship starts to go deeper. And suddenly, at this moment, my life is complete. And there's a joy and there's a peace that goes beyond understanding. And I have some life worth living because I know the God of the universe and I have a connection with Him. And every time I feel alone or isolated, actually, I, I can call out to Him. I can cry out to Him. And He's there and He wants to speak right back to me. Understanding that He's there. Jesus bridged this connection. So I want to encourage you, if you've never taken that step, do it today. There's no secret prayer that you need to pray or no special formula other than saying, Jesus, I give my life to You. I put my trust in You. Forgive my sin. I invite you to come and dwell in me. And I guarantee it, when we do it from a place of honesty and humility before God, He will do it. He will come. And then I encourage you to begin praying, to begin talking. We're invited to pray continually. And this moment in time, we, we want to be praying for the things going on around us. We want to be praying for the NHS. We want to be praying for our loved ones and for those on the front lines that are, are having to deal with this issue, we want to pray for our futures and the things that we're concerned about. We want to bring all those things before God. We want to bring our requests before Him and allow Him to, to bring His peace in our hearts as well. Don't go it alone. God never called you to do it alone. 
He has made a way for us to do it with Him. God is there. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.